Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian. And I am Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Wow, we're finally back together again, Ed. Yeah, yeah, a few thousand miles apart, but yeah, we're, we're back together and it's great. Yeah, well, we want to take the time real quick to tell you that really, we're able to bring this to you uh, via Zencaster. It's a really cool website that allows you to kind of record together and then put it all together as one. But today's show is actually going to be about travels and, and our travels of life because Ed and his wife, Tammy, just went through a massive uh, length of travel, uh, change of world, change of culture, everything, and they're learning from it. And what I wanted us to do, and he, he would like to be able to do, is be able to relate that to our influences in life. What do you what do you got there, Ed? Yeah, no, it was uh, it's been an adventure. Uh, I learned a little bit about myself. My wife, I'm sure, learned some stuff about herself. But I definitely learned that although I usually handle stress pretty well, moving and traveling, I do not handle it as well. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely learned that. <laughs> I'll tell you when when we had moved on post. So it's nowhere near the move you did. But when we moved on post, I thought my wife was going to lose her stuff the whole time. But yeah, we made it happen. So I know exactly yeah. how you feel, except for different. Yeah, and then I mean, like I still, we still don't have our stuff. So you know, that's that's a still a stressor a little bit. All of our everything we own in this world is somewhere in a crate waiting to get to Germany with us. That's awesome. All right, so. What today's show is called, it's titled is The Influence Our Travels in Life. The Influence of Our Travels in Life. I'm sorry. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to answer a few questions. Uh, and we're going to talk about, we're going to really hit upon the mental and the physical part of travels in life. Because we travel uh, in our leadership and our mentorship and just everything we do with, with life. And we don't even realize it sometimes. So we're going to reflect upon that. Some of the questions that we're going to answer today are, where you've been, where you're now, and where you're going. And then how has your life changed or continues to be uh, reinforced? And then we're going to go into some other questions with who have you taken with you? Who is with you now? And who would you like to join you in your journey? All right. So let's tackle that very first question. Where you been? Let's talk about in life, physically and mentally. What are you thinking? Well, so first I want to say, uh, I think I talked to you earlier and I told you, I was going to put all this prep into this week's uh, podcast. And then I said, you know, I think that there, it would be better for the audience to just come straight from the, you know, from the heart uh, and, and work through it instead of having, you know, something prepped and laid out. Uh, so, yeah, no, I'm absolutely. Yeah. Where have you been? So I could tell you, like, for instance, when I think about where I've been physically, well, I've been around the world. Mentally, I've literally been around the world. You know, my mindset of being a a hard pusher of influence versus a let me coerce you influence, you know, through influence, um, been both ends of the spectrum. And to me, being that uh, done things as a recruiter at one point, helped me kind of see how you should be a little bit more persuasive and less forceful, you know, as an influencer and also recep re receiving and in, in, in the reception mode to me, it's way different, you know? So I've, you know, that's one of the things I've definitely learned is that where we've been, we learn from that. 
so we can readjust, reevaluate, and we can constantly fine tune those things that we've learned. Um, would you would you say you come from the same kind of mindset or a little bit different? Oh no, I absolutely agree. Uh, especially in my career, I've really seen like where I was, and I recognize where I was to where I am now. Completely different. As a matter of fact, as a senior leader. I look at guys who are how I was and I go, oh yeah, this is going to be a challenge. Like, you know, when you're, when you have kids, your parents say, oh, I hope they're, uh, I hope they're just like you or, or worse. And for me as a soldier, I've definitely seen that, that effect. Like I've had soldiers who are just like me and, and I've grown over the years a lot. I was that guy that tried to get out of work early in my career, very early in my career. Um, Matter of fact, I got put in one position so that the 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 first sergeant or the supervisor could see me at all times because of my reputation for being able to hide out. So uh, he definitely put me in a position to say, hey, I don't need you teaching your tactics to anybody else. And he put me where he could see me right out his office door at all times. Of course, this was in the 90s. I was a young guy, you know, first time away from home. But uh, and. and Really, to move on, I just kept lessons learned. I like lessons learned in the military. I've watched leadership. I've seen some leaders, you know, and, and we say it all the time. I want to be that guy. I don't want to be like that guy. But you can learn. You know, I had a leader. that All he did is yelled and screamed, and I, I've never been that guy. I'm not going to yell and scream. But he was also very OCD, very meticulous in paperwork and stuff. And, you know, I work on a computer early in my career. And he says, if trash goes in, trash comes out. And so I learned something good from him too. So it's not just a bad thing. Yeah. That's, and that's, and that's what we've, we've discussed that multiple times too. Like you can, you can go into something where you're saying in your mind, I'm not doing anything this person does. And you're basically closing them off or you go in and you say, you know what? Let me be open-minded. Let me think about these things that they're doing. Maybe maybe that one time that I felt miserable was actually beneficial for the overall greater good. Or maybe that one time that I was really happy, well, maybe that was actually bad for the organization. You know, Like you said earlier, you said uh, I was that guy that would try to leave early. Well, is leaving early really bad? No. But is leaving early really good? Well, also, no. It just depends. You know, um, one of the key things that I've, I've noticed in my uh, studies of like how the civilian workforce works and the younger generation, they want to get paid for the job that they do. And they don't care if they have to work uh, 30 hours, 40 hours, 20 hours, as long as the jobs get the job gets done. You know, um, I think there's been experiment uh, with different types of businesses where they've changed to a four day work week. I'm pretty sure we talked about that Pat, in the past, but. That's to me, it's what can we learn? What can we gather from that and where we've been? And I can tell you where I was at one point, I would say circa 2002 to 2005, I wasn't happy with what I was completely, but I was still happy because I felt like I had a drive. I just had the wrong type of attitude towards that drive. Uh, what, What say you? Well, that's one of the similarities that I see between you and myself. So, you know, same kind of time frame, you know, around that 2003, 2006, somewhere in there. Uh, I was allowed to not do things that were expected. So every day we're expected to do physical training. And 
if I had an excuse not to, nobody ever questioned it. So guess what that leads to? That leads to me coming up with excuses because it's cold and coming up with an excuse not to do physical training because it's raining. And that led to me failing the physical fitness test, right? So now I hurt myself. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So because I was allowed to get away with so much. So I was happy getting away with it. I was not happy with the end result. I was not happy with the extra, you know, extra uh, physical training sessions. And I wasn't happy with the being looked down upon, which made me see that, you know, what you're doing is not right. Just because my leadership failed to lead and make me do the right thing didn't make what I was doing right. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's it, you know, back to where you've been, where I was. You know, I talked about Joshua Bryan. I think I've mentioned John Rogers before on here. But both of those guys, you know both those guys just like I do. Some reason, they brought out the better person inside of me. You know, yeah, I want to do what's right, but do what's right by everyone and still hold to the truth and the rules, you know. But let's go with where you are now. Where, where do you think you are now when it comes to influence in the travels of life? Well... So I have gotten better. Um, actually, I think it was you one time, you know, said that I had, I had a, like kind of an infectious personality and I like to use that. So I left you probably over a month ago and I still get messages from people that work with you just to check on me. All right. That's a, to me, that's an influence. That's an impact I've had on their life that makes them want to reach out to me like that. Yeah. You're welcome. So I gave I, them all your phone number. Yeah, <laughs> I had a couple. Hey, to kind of hit upon that, I had a couple that wanted your phone number so they could just harass you, and that was it. But I told them, yeah, okay, no problem. Well, if they don't have that secret squirrel phone number that I got now, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but I, uh, the, to me, your impact on an organization, your influence in that organization as you move through it. So you see it when you travel. You see it when you leave. I left the organization, and if they're still reaching to me, then that's, I had some kind of an influence, right? Like I had an impact on those soldiers and they may carry that in their travels as they move forward and say, man, you know, he did this and he showed me this. I want to show this to my people. And now you're having an impact after long after my career is over. Yeah, exactly. What is that? Is that your dog? Yes, it is. <laughs> She's playing with her toys. <laughs> she found the one I didn't find. The one that you don't want her to have. No, that's okay. We don't mind the squeaker every once in a while. She can be our cue. Uh, <laughs> now, and, and that's it. You know, it's funny. Uh, where I am now, I've actually thought about some of the things uh, recently, you know, within my organization that you were a part of. And then, you you know, when you left, you, you kind of, you did a very small, very, very discreet, low key, not many words, goodbye speech. And I was literally on my cycle the other day. Uh, I did, I did a few miles out to the back 40 and back. And as I was riding, I thought about where I am now with it. And it kind of, it didn't bring me to tears, but I was like, man, I actually, I really love the place I am. Um, and then I, I started coming up with my speech to go away. And I thought, well, goodness, I can't, I can't make it long. But then again, I want to make sure everybody is given the credit that is due because of what they have given me, you know? So I really think it's, you know, where I am now is what I've taken out of the gifts of influence that I've had previously, you know? Um, 
let's look at uh, where we're going, where we're going in you know our travels of life with influence upon ourselves and others. Uh, where do you think you're going? Well, <laughs> that's an excellent question. Uh, you know, as you know, a few years ago, I was going to retirement. And then the Army said, no, we see some potential in your performance, so we're going to promote you. So I got promoted. And then I said, okay, I'm going to do my time, and I'm going to retire. And then the Army said, well, you said you won't retire if we give you Germany, so here's Germany. So here I am again. And I actually talked to our our boss before I left, and with some help of other people, yourself, Allison Prather, and a few others, Mr. Williams, I was able to walk onto a class that's probably going to see me get promoted one more time, possibly. So I see myself continuing the career. And, you know, my, my wife says it the best. She says, uh, you can't retire till you're ready to retire. And she's like, you are not ready yet. Now, the impact. So I'm in a job now. All seniors, I don't have soldiers that I can impact and influence, but my wife and I have already talked. We plan on doing lots of travel. Uh, we're supposed to go to the USO this week to see about volunteer opportunities. We met with some people yeah. from the Canadian. Uh, they have a little Canadian club here, kind of like a VFW. We've already talked to them. Oh, I could definitely tell. <laughs> I could tell the excitement of your wife's voice. Uh, I could almost hear her voice in my ear as I read her little post. She seemed very excited. Yeah, she was. So we've talked to them about volunteering. And this is what I told my wife. It's fine that we're in Europe. It's fine that we want to travel. We're And it's fine that we don't have children to have to drag around and make travel more difficult. But when I leave here, I want to have impacted this community in some way. Uh, and I want to be able to leave something, you know, uh, your legacy, if you will, behind. And we're gonna, I'm going to talk to you more about legacy later. But so you want to leave something behind and not just in the military. I, I will volunteer on the, in, out in this town, like in the German town. Uh, I'm moving into a very small yeah. German community. And if I find an opportunity to shovel driveways or whatever it is, I want to do it. You know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And have you, have you, um, cause I know the team RWB thing is, that's huge with between you and your wife. Have you all linked up with the chapter yet there? So or? the chapter here was in existence and we met, saw somebody yesterday wearing a shirt. So it's so funny. You mentioned it. And my wife just randomly turns and goes to this woman and you could tell her husband went into protect mode, you know, don't blame him. I'd have done it as my wife approaches his wife at dusk and, uh, she says, uh, I see you're wearing the RWB shirt. Would you mind if I ask you, is there a chapter here? And they had just done a 5K. There is a Team RWB here. National does not endorse it anymore because they had some change. But we're trying. the, the chapter here is trying to get National to, to endorse them, and they got excited because National just followed them on social media. Uh, they do events, so my wife and I are looking at getting inv involved. And they don't do something. So I took you to one of the cycling events one time and they don't do that here. You know, they don't yeah. do that here. Right. Oh, really? So I'm looking at what I learned from the chapter of team RWB Clarksville. And I'm looking to maybe bring that here as another way to spread an influence that'll outlast me here in Germany. Oh, I guarantee you, you'll find people that'll be more than interested in doing those things like the bicycling, the 
the running or walking, hiking, all those things, there has to be groups of people just waiting to find that right group, you know, and it really, I think it comes down to the marketing of it uh, in the sense or the advertising of, Hey, we're here, we're here, you know? Yeah, no, so that'd be awesome. And no, no, and I definitely do, but I do want to tell you this. So to and from my house is a six to 7% grade incline. <laughs> I will not be riding my bike to work and home. I can, I bet you I can get up to 40 mile an hour downhill. I am not trying to come back up that hill. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you know what? At least if, if you if you keep going, working on it, maybe you get back and you'll be a little bit faster. Oh, uh, I feel like that might have been a shot, Brian. <laughs> no, 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 no. <clears throat> maybe. Um, no. <clears throat> Anyways. But – I mean, no, I mean, it, that's, that's kind of awesome because now what you're going to be able to do is you're, you know, with that, the whole, where you're going, you just explained everything of what you, where you can take this influence and you can kind of build upon it because obviously we're looking at this podcast as a, a long-term event. It's not, it's not a money making scheme. It's not anything like that. It's more like a, you know, Hey, where can we take this? Where can we make it uh, something that's going to, you know, it's almost like, how do we pass that buck, you know, or, or, uh, uh what do we call it? Leadership capital, pay leadership, pay, leadership Absolutely. Pay, uh, pay the bill. another episode. So what about you? Where, yeah. uh, where do you see yourself going? Well, since I know now that I'm going to head to South Korea for a little while, um, I definitely think I'm going to do a reach out just like what you're doing to help me, uh, focus more on helping those around me. You know, I mean, I obviously have my family here, uh, but that, <clears throat> That's going to give me that same chance that you have of, well, is there a local chapter of RWB? Is there, you know, what kind of USO events are there? What kind of cycling events? Because, you know, that's that's my bigger thing uh, because I do that more than I do run or walk or hike. But, you know, <clears throat> those are the physical aspects. The other aspects would be, you know, I've, I've met a lot of different soldiers in my time and maybe link up with them once I get there to kind of help mentor them along. Because me, to tell you the truth, I really wish there was somebody uh, sooner in my career that literally helped me uh, form myself to become a little bit better and, and to learn. And maybe maybe it was just I was too big-headed at the time. I don't know. Um, most likely <laughs> it was. But I, I just want to seek out, you know, those people that, that they need they need some, you know, guidance and mentorship uh, with their career. Because I'm telling you, I mean, you know what it's like. It's not easy knowing what you should and shouldn't be doing how you should and shouldn't act in certain instances. I mean, the smallest standards of, of our daily life, that art, and I call it an art for a reason because it is, it's kind of lost, you know, that attention to detail, the, the meticulous uniform that we put together sometimes or how we may march a group or even, even conduct our physical readiness training, whatever way, whatever it is. If I can help somebody with that, and then when I retire, I know somebody's carrying on that torch, that, to me, that's that's a satisfying piece right there. Yeah, no, I agree. So for me, it's really sad, but I, I did have some good mentors along the way, but I think that I had more lessons learned from poor leadership as I came up through the military than from good leadership. Now, there's the rarities. Sergeant First Class Gilbert Ramirez, amazing leader. Uh, Tyrone Hamlin. I've had a couple. And then, of course, then I met you and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, uh, but I, you can learn from those bad ones, but I'm with you. I think there needs to be more of the good, more of the ones that take you aside and say, all right, here is how you are a staff sergeant. Here is how you are a specialist. Or yeah. here 
And in business, you know, in business, it's, you're going to get that because you're going to get somebody in your department that's going to say, here is how we do this. And here is how we do that. You, yeah, know? And, you know, when you think about it, though, where we're going with that, um, you and I both, we will both probably be out of the army within enough, the next five to six years for good, you know, and will we have some type of access to it or, or some type of, um, some type of job dealing with it? Maybe, I don't know. Um, but you talk about the civilian sector. It's like, I noticed it more and more. We're taught to teach the next person behind us to take our job at any given moment that we walk away. From what I gather from the outside world, I, I'm just, I mean, it kind of concerns me, but it seems like they're not taught that. It's, if I hold on to this knowledge and information, then I can never get fired and I get, um, and no one will ever take my place. Well, you know what? If somebody's better than me at something, I think I want them to take my place so they can do something better, you know, and I'll move on, you know, uh, but it's just, to me, I don't know. That's, that's one of those things I like to move forward towards and, you know, kind of help inspire others in the se- civilian sector of, hey, why don't you learn my job? And that way, one day you can take my job and I can move on to the next big thing. And that's probably a big reason why a lot of companies do look to hire veterans now is to get that. So what you're talking about, uh, I recently heard it was on a podcast. You know who it was. You already know which podcast it probably was. But he's talking about legacy. So we, we use the term legacy. And in our career field, that great soldier you had. So if you remember, I had uh, Specialist Anderson. Awesome soldier. Anderson is absolutely my legacy. The lessons that I taught him that he passes on to his soldier and his soldier, when I'm gone, those lessons are still there. So that is your legacy, which you're leaving behind. I had a supervisor one time tell me, you know what, Sergeant Haley, you're replaceable. When you leave, somebody else just slides into that position. I'm like, no, I do too much for the organization. That's not going to happen. But they were right. The organization's going to go on. It's not going to die because Sergeant Haley left and went to Fort Drum or some other terrible installation, Fort Campbell Aviation or something. Uh, no, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, I, I got that same. I got that same situation going now. But I'll, I'll explain more in a minute. Go ahead. Yeah. So your legacy is that leave behind. So they were right. When I leave, somebody else is going to take over. But guess what? I trained that somebody else to take over. So. I did leave, but I still left behind something. I left the organization better than I found it, which is something I've heard you say many, many times uh, that you want to do that. When I left the organization you're with, what did we do? We handpicked the guy before me's replacement and we handpicked my replacement because we wanted to make sure the organization was going to be okay. Absolutely. Um, And that's something I I agree. That's something maybe in the civilian world you don't see because I don't want to train you too well to replace me because I'm not ready to go. And the boss might be like, well, I can pay, you know, Brian, he's makes $5 less an hour than Ed. So let's get rid of Ed and let Brian do the job and we save money. Bang. Everybody wins. Well, not everybody because Ed doesn't. (laughs) No, absolutely. And it's funny you say that because Bob Chapman wrote a book called Everybody Matters. And in that book, he talks about a lot of the struggles that Barry Waymiller went through um, and their overall idea of how they take care of their people and how, you know, just because Bob over here it gets paid less anyways uh, because he's kind of lower on the totem pole in the pecking order. And then we have Steve over here who gets paid a little bit more. Well, Bob can do Steve's job. Well, let's just get rid of Steve because we, we're paying him too much and we can just pay Bob and we can just add to his workload. That to me, that is just insane thought. 
because why would you want to set your organization up like that? For instance, what happens if Steve gets sick and Bob needs to fill in? Okay, got it. Well, what happens when Bob, he gets sick, Steve's not there anymore? Who fills in? That's why you have to create that pecking order that, or that, that whole chain of command, so to speak, of who's next? Who's going to be able to fill these shoes if somebody's missing? And what you do is you create a continuity. A continuity allows the organization to flow almost as if though there's no scene a seamless organization, a transparency that allows them to continue the mission or the, or the, uh, the, uh, I, I call it the mission because that's what we deal with, but continue with the operation or continue on with the just overall of the organization itself. Um, you say that about a legacy, that's exactly what that is. And a legacy is something that's built upon. It's not something I just leave and now, oh, it's just a legacy. You know, it's my legacy. No, 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 no. That's the legacy of the organization that you are a part of. And that's that idea of I'm not bigger than the organization. The organization's bigger than me and the people around me are more of that legacy than what I want it to be. Ego, you hear that a thousand times, right? Ego's a big thing and we can't let that into it. Yeah, ego ego is huge. Uh, I mean, look at throughout history, ego has played a major role in a lot of conflicts and how they end up. So you have to check your ego. And, and so when that first sergeant told me, when you leave, the organization will be fine, it was my ego that was like, no, it won't. You need me. And, I mean, as I grew, I learned. And so go back to that uh, young soldier, Specialist Anderson. Well, he was Specialist then. When Anderson left me, I said, oh, yeah, I'm in trouble because he was the best soldier I had and and he had an influence on his peers. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in trouble. And then he left and the mission didn't just get dropped. We didn't fail. We continued doing what we had been doing. Maybe there was something missing because he was a very, like, uh, happy guy and, you know, happiness. He can be contagious with that. Maybe that was missing for a little while. But the mission continues on. And you have to check your ego and realize that, you know what, the army is very old and I haven't been in it the whole time. So I know that it will be okay without me. They've been doing things for se- since 1775. So I'm pretty sure they're going to continue on. <laughs> I-, I think so. so. I see a future. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Th- yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, I-, I would definitely say that it's funny you, you brought that subject up because I'm going through that transition right now with someone. Um, basically, the next two to three months that individual who I think is very capable of taking on the role that I took, uh, that I'm a pro- I'm currently in. I'm filling the f- the primary position now, and then next the next class he's going to fill a primary position. But it's you see that everybody has their own little ticks, their own little pieces they're adding to that puzzle or to that that legacy. And I think he's gonna he talks to me like he wants to fall in on what is built and how things are and he wants to continue that. But he also asks the right question, the right key questions. Well, have we ever thought about this or should we try that? And when he does, my job to allow my ego to not take over, to not allow my my legacy to take over, is to say, you know what, let me think about that a minute. Because Actually, it just happened just the other day. I was working on the schedule. Um, we we're building a new schedule. And he said, well, have you thought about us doing X, Y, and Z? And I said, you know what? That's a good idea. I, I've never done that. Um, and I think, it was, I think it was dealing with the Thanksgiving Day meal because you know how we've done it in the past. 
we always did that Thanksgiving on that on that Tuesday with the students, and then the Wednesday was a shorter day, and then we go on a break for four days. Well, we're going to do the Thanksgiving Day meal on that Wednesday, and then go on that break, and we're going to see how it works out. And the way we have it scheduled and flowing, I think it's going to work out great. You know, so it's it's just funny how we we can get in our own way at times because I could have just said no, that won't work, and then moved on. And then what's going to happen? He's going to have to go. And figure that out on his own because he—that's not going to leave his brain. He's gonna—he's gonna remember that one time or those two times. I say, no, that ain't gonna work. Yeah. So the other thing is, you know, uh, it's how you present a, a change like that, or you present that idea. So he presented it to you in such a way that made you think about it. Instead of saying, "I want to change Thanksgiving," so now he came, he presented it more negatively. Maybe you weren't as open. Uh, so when I replaced or started working with the the last guy I worked with teaching the instructor course, I said, Hey, I want to do this. And he's like, the boss will never let you do that. So I went to the boss and said, Hey, I want to do this, this, and this because of this. And he's like, as long as they get the information, I don't care how you present it. But because the other guy was like, Oh, he'll never, if I had to just stop there, that idea never gets in place, which is still being taught by the people that replaced me. So obviously it wasn't a terrible idea. He just was one time suggested something, got told no, and then it become, well, he's closed-minded. He's not going to agree to that. But that's not how it works. So it's how you present things too, right, uh, that help with that. Also, key facts. Uh, I saw that person just the other day. He is currently in that other course that's at our schoolhouse. Oh, the one that we the one I went that. to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, you brought up, we talked about change, right? We talked about the change, the influence of change. And because if you think about it, really, when we ask those first three questions about our travels in life, we've changed. You know, you just talked about, um, you just traveled halfway around the world. Things are really changed for you. You and your wife are completely in a new atmosphere. And so Let's look at the physical aspect on this. This is a question I had for you. When you're dealing with that that whole new atmosphere, how has that change affected you physically and mentally? Well, physically, maybe not as much. Uh, you know, sleep pattern, stuff like that. It was a seven-hour uh, time change uh, uh, shift. And then the crazy thing is, so I'm like, oh, it's the second week, and I've adjusted to the time change. And then I slept for nine hours and 45 minutes last night. Uh a little, maybe a little bit more than that, because I've always been that guy that I get tired, get tired, get tired, get tired. And I hit that wall and then I just sleep like a madman like that. So maybe I'm not as adjusted as I thought. So like I said earlier, I have always prided myself on kind of handling stress decently. Not great. You know, I'm not never stressed, but I do a pretty decent job about not getting stressed out about stuff. My old boss always says, if nobody's shooting at you, why are you so stressed out? Which I agree. I can agree with that. If you're not, if no one's shooting at you, why are you stressed out? Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Uh, on this journey with my with my wife, uh, there were times that I was absolutely stressed. Now, good thing is we've been married long enough. She sees the stress. We don't fight and argue. You know, we might be snippy for a second, and then she knows. All right, I'll back off. Or if I see she's stressed, I know to back off. That comes through experience and years and years of being married, but. Um, and it, it was just go, 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 go. And mentally it was tiring. I, I was tired mentally. And as we've hit certain benchmarks, once we got here, you know, uh, we got the hotel and then 
we got kicked again because we thought we were going to stay on base. And then housing is like, nope, you're not going to be able to stay on base. You can't wait that long. Then we found a house like the next day. Awesome. There's people who have been here for three or four weeks and still haven't found a house. So uh, we found a house the next day that had came on the market that day. So we can call it karma. You can call it whatever you believe in. I call it good fortune. Uh, then her car, my wife's car, arrived. And there's no damage to the car. So that's a great thing because I've heard all the horror stories. So now we're, we've got a house. We've got our car. I've been to my job. I've met my chain of command. They're giving me opportunity to get my wife settled and my life settled. So as I'm hitting these things, I can feel a relief in the stress. And then I use the gym to cope with stress. So I found the gym. And here there's uh, unmanned hours. So you just go. You register your ID card. I go, I swipe my ID card, and the gym's unlocked for me. I can be in there by myself. It doesn't matter. Um, so finding the gym, getting in the gym, getting after it, getting up you know, 4.15 every morning, getting after it, took some of that stress. It, it was challenging, though. It, it really was. And if my wife wasn't so organized, it would have been much more challenging. Yeah, and on top of that, didn't you say you told me earlier that she's also found a job since you've gotten there also? Yes, she's already got a job. That's awesome. Right? Uh, and she's got an interview Tuesday for a job, another job, even closer. She hasn't started working yet. So she'll actually be working the way things here are. There's several bases really close together. She'll actually be working at the base across the street from where I'm working. So we'll both have to commute, but it's like 10 to 15 minutes to the village we live in. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So what, what I got there though, if you think about it, um, if you, if you think back to your uh, original statement about how where you came from and whatnot, it seems, though, is you've learned how to cope with those changes in certain manners, right? So you've taken the influence of the, of the, the, the new situation or the new physical, for instance, the sleep or the, the decision-making and the being secure in a place to stay. You, you basically you went after it. You attacked the mission. You attacked the objective, what you needed from uh, the situation. And you said, you know, no, 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 I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to be the person who just allows things to happen for me. You guys went after it, you know, and that, that's what I gathered from that. Just listening to you. Yeah. And you, so you get a really good, you get a pretty sweet deal here on rental cars. And we actually, um, instead of sitting in a hotel and you got all this stress, like our first weekend, we rented a car and unlimited mileage, two days, $140. Um, not bad for a rental car. It was tiny. And you guys are out out and about, man. Just exploring. We went and found some uh, castle ruins and we hiked up to the castle ruins, a more physical activity, which is critical uh, to managing stress. So we, yeah, we hiked our first castle uh, ruins and got out, you know. Um, so I, I must say that I'm very fortunate um, and, you know, I have my wife. So I'm going to ask you something now. So you're starting the transition from the seat you currently sit in, right? You're in the early, early phases. Have you felt any physical or mental impacts already? Um, you know what? I, I do. I feel, I feel relieved one in one way, but at the same time, I feel stressed. And the stress comes from... I'm worried about the organization, you know, just like you said earlier. Well, it's not going to end with that with me. You know, I'm, I'm not the, the end all fix to this place, but I worry about, well, will this guy, will I have given this guy enough information to continue on? Will I have 
set him up for success along with every one of those instructors. I mean, you're talking 42 people. 42 people rely upon the information coming out of that one office. And those 42 people, well, they influence 256 people. Uh, we, by the way, we're, we're bumping our numbers up. Awesome. Uh, but, yeah, when you added another another platoon to the organization to help lead and train leaders to be better leaders. But you think about that, and that's monthly. You do the math. I mean, over and over again, you're we're putting in – well over 2,000 people through a leadership course, you know, and so my brain is like, have I set him up for success enough? And I want to teach him everything I can. I went to the point of saying, hey, I'll tell you what, even if I'm away and you need something, don't hesitate to reach out. I will help you in any manner because I don't, I have nothing. Once I leave that organization, I have, I have no uh, skin in the game. I'm no longer a part of that. But the fact is, is I still wanted to help them so they will be successful. So mentally, yeah. Physically, um, I'm not quite sure. You know, I mean, I, I kind of miss having you there to go cycling with me. So I really, I just ride by myself. Um, except for like I went one weekend uh, not too long ago, a buddy down in Dixon County. And we did uh, we did a, like 30, almost 30 miles. And it was good to ride with him. But I, I, I guess physically, I, I, I really don't notice as much. Um, but I think that the mental stress of worrying does, uh, kind of got its grasp in the back of my brain because I find myself waking up in the middle of the night and thinking about, well, I gotta, I gotta talk to him about this. I gotta talk to him about that. You know what I mean? So I guess you could say it does affect me. And that's, that's the whole thing. It's just, it's one of those things where I can understand you're, you know, you're going through and you're thinking, oh, I'm good. I'm good. And all of a sudden, bam, you get hit in the back of the head and you're like, oh, yep, I'm not as good as I thought. So, yeah. So the physical activity, you brought, you brought that up of, hey, I need to hit the gym or I need to do a hike. When we look at our travels in life, how often do you think you've had to use physical activity as your uh, escape from the scenario or situation? Well, let's say... I've been deployed <laughs> uh, five times, <clears throat> so five times uh, frequently during those times. Uh, maybe not the first few, but my three trips to Iraq, like the, the ones part of uh, the global war on terrorism, those I found the gym during those times, and I turned to it more and more, especially like my second, third, and uh, fourth deployments. So I, I turned to it a little bit more then as a way to cope. So I like to clear my head. And so people I work out with or I talk about working out with think I'm very strange. I will go in the gym and listen to a podcast. And they're like, how's that get you pumped up? It doesn't. But it makes me think about that podcast and I'm listening to what they're saying. And it helps my head get clear. So it does work. Now, I had a buddy who would only work out to like Mary J. Blige and Mariah Carey. And I was like, I don't understand, but it's what gets your head cleared. And the gym is really good for that. My sister uses it for that, for head clearing, but uh, definitely on deployments. Now, younger, uh, unfortunately, I was a bit of a troublemaker. So I have physical activity, but it involved wrong things. And, and I got in a lot of trouble for so I don't know. I wasn't very stressed as a kid either. Uh, at least I, didn't, I don't think I was. I may have been. I don't think I was. But even so, even when I was a young soldier in the 90s, though, 
uh, I would get off work and go to the gym and play basketball for four or five hours. Like we'd go to the chow hall, the defect uh, dining facility, and we would eat chow. And then by six o'clock, six thirty, we were on the basketball court until the gym closed. And I did that my first deployment to Iraq too. We had a basketball court in our little living area, and we would be out there with the lights, you know, the generator lights, you know, those loud things, playing basketball. And it was a good coping because when I'm on the basketball court and I'm playing, I'm not worrying about a lot of the stuff going on at home when I'm deployed. And, you know, as a young soldier, I'm not worrying about getting, you know, we call it smoked if you don't know the term in the military. But uh, I got some extra physical training (laughs) for being a smart mouth. Yeah. So it was my getaway is what it was. It was a getaway. Uh, Even when I had that leader that liked to scream, my wife noticed I would come home and turn on the Xbox and do something to clear my mind at that moment. So, but the physical activity, very, very important. I'm loving being here, doing all this hiking and stuff on the weekends. Like my wife and I, because the Germans are closed all Sunday. Nothing's open on Sunday and it's quiet hours. So if you cut your grass on Sunday, you'll get a ticket. Oh, wow. Oh yeah, you don't do anything on Sundays. So we're going to start, we said, okay, well, when the weather's good, it's not cold and freezing, we will go hike the two of us and our puppy on Sundays. That'll be our thing is to go find some castle ruins and all through town. There's trails everywhere in Germany, just on the side road, paved trails that are co-use bikes and uh, pedestrians. They're actually marked for each. And we said, yeah, we'll do that. That'll be our Sunday thing. When the Germans shut down, we'll shut down and we'll go take a walk. So yeah, physical activity is critical. So you better start lighting up that Strava then. Yeah, I haven't started yet. Um, it does work in Germany, though. I haven't used it yet. I'm looking forward to getting my bike over here. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, you can do it for hikes and walks, too. I've I found that out recently, uh, using it, just walking with my wife and kids. But um, So you talk about that physical aspect, right? And if you think back, when you were younger, do you feel like when you were younger, it took more physical aspect in your travels uh, versus as you're getting older, it doesn't take as much and you're more satisfied sooner, or is it the opposite effect? Uh, when I was younger, I did, you didn't really think about it. You just went outside, you grabbed the basketball, and you just played. Like you, I mean, I grew up in a, a pretty bad neighborhood. Like we used to play tackle football in the street regularly. Uh, you get really fast when you play tackle football in the street. You, you didn't wear out, you know, like the gym. If I go to the gym and I do some cardio, like right now I'm, I'm walking 30 minutes to the gym. Then I'm in the gym for almost 90 minutes, then 30 minutes home. I'm exhausted when I get home. But I also notice on days I don't go to the gym, I'm addicted to those endorphins. On days I don't go to the gym, you can tell. My wife can tell in my mood, my attitude, and and how I am. And a lot of times, some days, she'll say, all right, I need you to go to the gym. And having this all-access pass now, I might get sent to the gym more often by my wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when you're younger, I just didn't think about it maybe. Maybe that's why, but yeah. Yeah, and and, and that's the thing is I, I, I have thought about that in recent uh, times because I noticed my stamina is different. You know what I mean? Like, um, for instance, for me to do uh, a run or, or ride or cycling, like I noticed my legs are a little tighter. If I'm, if I say, say I'm doing a chest workout and I'm, I'm really trying to like, gain some momentum and strength i notice i don't push as much weight i just push it longer than i would when i was younger you know what i mean it's just i feel like i have more endurance because and maybe that's just something for understanding how to listen to my body you know and it's funny i say this because we listen to our body when we work out 
But do we listen to our body when we do something mentally for influence wise, for leadership wise, for mentoring wise, or are we just doing it because we think it's instinctive, you know, and that's that whole instinctive influencer thing. So, uh, what, what would you say? Well, that's a, that's, that's, a that's an interesting question. I guess it depends. So in the military, I think it's more instinctive, uh, 20 years of experience and, and lots and lots and lots of subordinates. I think, uh, the leadership comes a little more instinctive, uh, mentally, like I'm a little more reactive. I think in my household, so I have two siblings, two children, all four completely different people. And I think that I honestly, so if my sister sends me a message and says, Hey, this is going on in my life. I have to think about how I'm going to respond to her because she's different. Now, if it was my brother, I might respond a different way. And even my parents, like we just visited my parents, both siblings and I, and how we dealt with them because they're, well, one's doing the, one's, you know, doing the doctor thing and the other one's ignoring it. And so my dad told on my mom with us there, but how you deal with her is not how you deal with my father. My father, I can bully him and make him call the doctor on the spot. My mother, that's not working. So it, it, I have to think about who I'm dealing with. Soldiers, you you still deal with soldiers different because they're not all cookie cutter. They're not the same, but it's easier. It's a lot easier, more instinctive. Uh, I recognize this guy I can't yell at, which I'm not a yeller, but I recognize that. This guy I need to be a little more stern with, you know, and, and – so, yeah, I think it's more instinctive in the military uh, for me with my experience. But outside the military, it's a little more – I'm a little more hesitant, and I give, put a lot more into it mentally. I think we can be more instinctive, though, even on the outside. For instance, you mentioned, like, I can be a certain way with this person versus this person. Well, that's the whole point. It's understanding. It's knowing them. It's learning your abilities to be able to do the things that you need to do uh, and to be able to say, okay – this individual over here, they're a little bit more structured. So I have to present what I need from them in a structured manner. But this one over here, they like to be free-willed, more thinking. And I need to just kind of give them this is what needs to be done and allow them to just work with it. You know, I find that with my own kids, like my two children, two different people. Ethan, I have to give him line by line, step one, step two, step three, all this stuff. And then he can run with it. Eva... You tell her to do step one, step two, step three. She's just going to give you the final product and she will not do anything you told her how to do it. It's just, and I learned that with my children, but at the same time, I learned that at a workplace, you know, and that's what's allowed that, you know, that allows us to, to become that influencer in the manner uh, that a mentor should be, you know, and you know, it's, it's just, it's funny. If you look at it, you understand it and you see it. But if you're not looking at it and you're not trying to analyze the situation sometimes, you're, you may even miss the mark. You know, I, 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 that's what I see is what if, what if uh, I'm not paying attention to a certain situation, how somebody's reacting, their mental state, their physical state, their, uh, their cues, say, uh, in their face. Like, for instance, I'm talking to you right now. I can't see your face. I can kind of guess about how you react to certain things, but I can't see your face. So it's harder for me to adjust my tone of talk, my uh, gestures towards you to be able to really convey what I'm feeling and then to get a reaction from you. But when you're physically there, it's a whole different piece. And we have to find that we, it, during our travels of life, that we have to be able to learn 
how to make that change and be able to do it by analyzing what we're looking at. Um, so with that, let's jump into the three last questions. The three last questions, I think they're the make or break of the whole idea of travels in life because you've traveled somewhere with your wife, your dog. Um, I'm going to travel by myself. And then later, a year later, I'm going to travel with my wife and my two children and my dog and the fish if he's still alive. We'll see. <laughs> but, but who have you taken on this journey with you? So I'm not going to really focus on travel, travel as in, hey, I flew to Germany. I'm going to say that if I had to, I would actually say my siblings because, uh, you know, and again, very different life paths that they've taken, but I've, we had an argument. We didn't talk for a little extended period of time, but beyond that, we've always been very, very close. We've always been there for each other. If I'm making a decision, I, I can always call one of them and ask their input. Now, I'm, I know, so my brother is more, he's more roll up your sleeves, get after it. I got to put my hands on stuff and do it. And then my sister is more, I really need to analyze this. So I already know I'm going to get two different inputs from them. But honestly, those two have always been with me throughout the whole thing, throughout the first time in the military, throughout moving to Canada, throughout, you know, when I met my wife, they've been there. Now, my wife has been with me for a long time now. And uh, I, I'm a big wrestling fan. That's my tag team partner for life right there. I'm not going to turn on her like they do in wrestling. Uh, my wife is there for me. I have tried to get out the army multiple times and my wife was like, yeah, that's not happening. You're really, you're just mad right now. And she's shown me why. And she's told me, hey, calm down. If you still want to get out on Monday morning, you can, you can tell them, Hey, I'm getting out the military. And then what'll happen is we'll hang out all weekend. I'll be like, yeah, you know what? You're right now that my head's cleared. Right. So she has been for the last you know few years, uh, really with me, but my siblings, like, as long as they've been around, they have been there for me. Even when they were younger, I would call them and talk to them. And if I was in a bad mood, they'd say something really silly that would make me laugh or whatever. So they've been there for uh, for quite a bit. Wow. What about you, Brian? Uh, how, what about you and, and who have you had with you along your journey? Um, well, I would have to definitely say that over the past 13 years, it would be my spouse, much like you. Um, that's a huge piece of the journey. Uh, she's learned things about me and my aspect, you know, and she, I, I've learned things about her. That's a key thing because that's, that's that unity, that bond I like to have. But overall, I, every person I come in contact, I try to take along with me somehow, some way. I want them to know who Weber is. You know, if they hear the last name Weber, they should be able to, oh, I, yeah, I, you know, I used to know a guy, blah, 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 or I knew a guy, he did this. And I really, you know, that's, that goes back to that legacy. I want to be a part of a legacy of some sorts and my name be associated to it, but I don't want that legacy to be about me. I want it to be about whatever it is that we're dealing with. And so it's hard to pinpoint any one person other than my spouse, but from there, it just has to be friends and family, coworkers, senior subordinates. It doesn't matter. I just want to take as many people along with me as possible. Um, so let's look at who is with you now on this journey. Do you have a person right now that's on this influential uh, leadership journey? No joke. It's kind of like 
that's the person. Well, you got you got to know. So you got to know it's my wife. And uh, for a couple of variety of reasons, like I said, she's been with me for a while. But my wife is eventually she's going to become management. She works for the exchange service for the military. And uh, she's looking into the management. And I have her reading some of the books I'm reading. And we have discussions about leadership. And unfortunately, she's seen some bad leadership in that organization. And we've talked about it. And, you know, I'll say, hey, it's bad because this. And she's like, well, I don't think it's that bad, but I can see where they can improve here. And so that talking about uh, leadership and it's as a soldier, I think it's so cool to get to talk to my wife about leadership. And we're kind of in the same ballpark. She's been an army wife for a long time. (laughs) Um, And she understands some of that, too. And, you know. If I came home and I said, oh, Brian flew off the handle and he did this and he did that. And he said, I didn't do this. And she said, okay, but did you? And I said, well, what do you mean? And she'll start digging in there. And my wife is very good at not taking my side because it's my side. Uh, So I think that she has had a huge impact. Like I said, she has been with me. uh, But moving forward and right now, absolutely my wife has had a huge impact. So. Yeah, uh, how about you? Awesome. Who who is riding? Who's riding shotgun for you right now uh, through this? Well, before I get to that, I wanted to state it's funny that you brought up your wife because we just talked earlier, and you know the past the episode prior to this one was a solo for me, and then you're about to start to doing some solos, so that way we can really you know kind of like add a different element to this. But with your solo, you actually talked to me and you said, "Hey, you know, I think I think I want my wife to be my co-host," and I'm like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's amazing because then we do is we get a different perspective, different point of view. And that's, that's it right there on this instinctive influencers podcast. We're taking somebody else along with us on that journey. So with that answer, it's you, my man, you're that one that I like uh-huh. to, t- that I've dragged along with me. Cause if you remember correctly, you weren't all for this. You weren't ready to <laughs> jump on board right off the bat. Maybe buying you. <laughs> I bought you a microphone. I said, no, dude, I just need <laughs> you to do this. And then I pinpointed, oh, hey, we'll, we'll record right here. But I was purposely like dragging you along to get you in there because I knew for a fact you're good at this. You will, you're, you know, you have, you have that essence around you, you know, that people like to be around you, right? So why right. not bring that along and create that atmosphere and that, you know, that, that culture that we want to have surrounding the Instinctive Influencers podcast? Because once again, this is not a one-time deal. This is not a money-making scheme. This is about influence and how we want to go about things. What you got? So it's really funny that you mentioned that because you know I have you get to Germany, you're given a sponsor, and I've been cruising with the sponsor. And uh, as we get to know each other, I'm like, yeah. So I also do a podcast on on instinct. It's called Instinctive Influences. It's kind of a leadership kind of if I had to classify a podcast. And he's like, really? When's it? Re- when? Where can I find it? I said, okay, well, it's not released yet. But uh, I told him about it, and he was interested. And my siblings are all – as a matter of fact, my sister wants a shirt, so we're going to have to figure out this shirt thing. Uh, so I, I have been talking about it, and I'm like, you know, I'm all – like I told you earlier. So I've been watching videos. Instead of me making a video, uh, a podcast with my wife, I don't want to have to send it to you. I want to edit it and then let you have it. So I've been looking at videos, how to edit it and all this stuff. So that's the buy-in, if you will, the Mr. Williams buy-in, right, uh, yeah. of that. But yeah, Learning has occurred. And it's been awesome being on the journey with you. 
Yeah, exactly. And so for those of you, we do have a guy who does t-shirts um, and he's going to actually be on this show here in the near future. We're going to try to set it up to where we can do an interview with him. It'll most likely be on a Saturday or Sunday because obviously our time schedules are really crazy between us and uh, here in the States and Ed to where he's at right now. But uh, what we're going to do is his name is Brandon Gully. Uh, great guy. He has this whole, uh, I mean, he basically has a, an entire printing press, all the screen printing stuff in his garage of his home. He's, he took, you know, he's got a small business he's trying to start up and he's doing a lot of good things, but it's funny because what we're doing is we're getting our name out there. We're talking to people and we're getting others to get involved. So, because, you know, maybe he wants to influence somebody in a certain way. And then you said your sister, she wants a shirt. Well, she's going to want to wear that shirt somewhere. And by the way, my shirt's too big. I meant to tell you that, Uh, (laughs) but well, she's, I was wearing it around the other day. I was like, Man, this thing's kind of roomy, so I need a smaller size. So my sister, I'm gonna use her as a bargain. I'm gonna use the shirt as a bargaining chip to get her to do a, uh, to do one of my solos too. Well, see, that's what I'm talking about, you know. And it, we're able to, we're able to take and pull. We're not pulling. Well, we are. We're dragging them along with us, you know, on this journey because that is how, you know, you get known or you get the message known, which is the most important thing. The message itself is about how do we positively influence others, uh, you know, instinctively or not instinctively? How do we think about it? How do we go about that? You know? Um, so who would you like to join you on your journey? All right. So I've talked about my siblings and my wife isn't going anywhere. She's going to be there on the journey and my siblings are going to be there, but I would like to bring my children along. So I have adult children. Now, my daughter is very much into the self-help book thing and reading, and she is interested in a career where she can help people or influence people. So I would really like uh, to bring her along uh, for that perspective, that she wants to help people. And I I think that uh, maybe one day I'll be able to get her set up for, you know, one of the podcasts to, to do an interview She's currently in school in Toronto, but I would like to bring her and then my son, because my son has worked harder to try to get somewhere than anybody else I know. Now, has he found his, you know, golden egg? Not yet, but he may. Uh, But I think that I'd like to bring him along if I can get him to understand the leadership. And I have given him books. Uh, He was working at uh, managing a Domino's and I got him to read the, uh, the book bare knuckle i think it's called bare knuckles management i don't have my library currently so uh, but <laughs> i gave it to him i said well if you're gonna be management son you need to read this maybe bare knuckle management wasn't the right place and the other one was uh the the no a-hole rule so probably not the best books to give them initially but i would like to bring them along and i i see some good in both of them they're young they're young and they're they're, they're hard workers i just think that uh Maybe we can bring them along and I can influence them and, and if we can get them to be hungry for that next step in success. And, you know, absolutely my sibling or my children. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That you mentioned that book, the, the No A-Hole Rule. That's actually a really, really good book for people to learn, especially when they're uh, they don't know that they're an A-hole, I guess you could say. I uh, didn't. That's that's the problem is. Yeah, exactly. And I did not know either. Well, I knew it but I thought it was okay and it was acceptable. And that's the thing is you can know it and still continue on, but you shouldn't, you know, it's understanding what's, I actually could see the, 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 the travel, if you will, 
of me by reading that book. I can say, okay, at this point, I was all these things. And then this point, I kind of only was these things. And then now, you know, one or two other things that's talked about in that book, as opposed to 10 when I first became a leader. So definitely a travel. Just through that book alone, I've traveled. So it, it was inter- It is an interesting book. It's not actually called a hole, but I, we're not going to use the language. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but that, but that's the whole point, though. That's 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 a part of a journey. That's that that's that mental journey that we're taking. That that travels of life is, you know, you probably weren't aware of certain types of people in life, and or that you were a part of, or you doing this or that. You know, um, I often in the class I used to do the in the leadership class. Uh, it was basically based on just leadership. You just talk about leadership characteristics, mannerisms, all these things. And I used to bring up all the time that, that um, the paper that Colonel Williams had done, it's, it's found on Google, but it was basically, you know, toxic leadership. And it gave you all these different examples. And I used to tell people, I, I downloaded it and I'd give it to everyone. And with it, I'd tell people all the time, I say, read through this. Now, when you read through it, pick out what matches you that you know. Right. Um, the first time I did that, though, I didn't say that. I actually said, "All right, guys," because I made it a a, a non commissioned officer professional development um, at the time. And I said, "All right, guys, I need you to take this book and and it's real small. It's not. It's like it's like thirty pages tops." Um, I said, "I want you to go. I want you to name off a leader in your past, and then I want you to read through here, and I want you to mark down which one of these different characteristics that that, that leader showed had shown throughout." their time with them. And I said, now put your name down and then do the same thing for you. But then when we got together, we didn't talk about that past later. We talked about them because what I wanted to turn it into was a self-reflection and a self-reflection is part of that journey that we take of where we're going to go. So if I were to answer that same question from you of who do I want to take with me? It's myself because I want to be able to see where I've been, where I am and where I'm going. And if I'm not being uh, constantly cognizant of what's going on around me, or and I'm not trying to learn from the situation, then I feel like, why have I even tried, you know, or why would I even try to bring somebody else along if I can't, you know, recognize that within myself? Um, so it's just one of those ideas. Uh, first uh, of all, you, you made me read that uh, 30 page uh, paper book. Yeah, I was, I was part of that group. Uh, and funny enough, I still have it on my phone. I actually saw it today on my, in my files on my phone. So there's an impact. You, you had an impact. You know what? That's funny. I think we're going to add that to, um, we'll put that on our Facebook page. I'll, uh, I'll put it out there and that way other people can look yeah. at so it. So when you introduced me it. to it, I actually used it in class too. Uh, so it, it was definitely a good thing. Um, yeah, no, I think we have to be aware. So I know that when I my early part of my career is I would have classified myself as a dirtbag. Like I absolutely would have, you know, to use better terms at that point. I didn't want to do work. I did it if I had to, but if I could get out of it, I skated out. I wasn't doing physical training. And then I was like, this is not who I want to be. And then I evolved. And then I turned into, uh, woe is me, I'm never getting promoted. And then I kept working and working at college and I got promoted, which turned into, okay, I'm just going to retire now. But I didn't want to be that guy that we see who's three years from retirement, who's all we call him retired on active duty, right? They've already started cashing it in. I didn't want to be that guy. So I struggled, or I didn't struggle, but I made sure I wasn't that guy. And then here I am now, over 20 years past that retirement date. I'm going to be honest with you. 
I can't even tell my wife when I'm retiring now. So it just keeps going, the journey and the travel. So, But here I am, you know, over 20 years, promoted several times, like, and all the way from dirtbag hiding in your room, sleeping during the duty day. Like, I, I the, the travel, the change, and it's the leaders along the way, good and bad, that you learn from. The family, like, you know, you want to feed your family. You don't want to sacrifice your livelihood. So it's a lot of things that have helped me with this journey over the years. And I, I got to tell you, at 20, almost 21 years, I'm probably the happiest I've been in my career over the last five years. I've probably, this is probably the happiest I've been in the last five years or so in my career. That's awesome. I'll tell you, that's, you know, finding that, you know, that, that little bit of drive in you too. It's funny you say that about you don't know when you're retiring. I have a feeling it, mine's within two years. I mean, obviously, but it was, we were sitting at the dinner table the other night and my wife, she looked at me and she says, so, uh, if you can make some major, would you, would you take it or where would we, would you continue on? And I looked at her and I'm like, are you kidding me? We've talked about this. It's not happening. <laughs> so it's just funny that you said that about, you didn't know when to tell your wife. I, I want to say know, I know, so I never know. remember both of us saying, oh, 20 is it. 20 is it. Are you, are you? Yeah, uh, absolutely. We're, we're both, both over 20. 20 so I have learned my lesson over the last couple of years. I tried to retire at 18, got promoted. And then I tried to retire again and said, hey, the only way I don't retire is Germany. Got Germany. So you don't know what the Army has in store for you. You know, I got this pretty sweet job. Maybe you go to, you know, you go to Korea, you come back, and maybe you slide into a job that you're like, I can do three or four more years doing this, and you stay. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's and that's part of that travel and life that we take. So, all right. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna start closing this down because uh, we've been talking a little bit about uh, you know with the travels in life. But what what we really we need to do is ask you to go to the Facebook page, join the group if you haven't joined it yet. It's not hard to find. Just look up Instinctive Influencers and and then uh, submit. You're gonna there's a couple questions that you're gonna get asked. Uh, the the questions aren't like a yes or no or a uh, there's there's only one right answer. Actually, we just want to see what your thoughts are and where you are with this. But once you get in there, look up the uh, this this particular episode, and then you may see a question following that somewhere. And the question is going to be, how has your life changed or continues to be reinforced mentally and physically in your journey of life? And we just want to see what you had to say because uh, to tell you the truth, somebody could learn from you. Somebody could pick up what you're saying, and it may be more influential than what Ed and I have to say, period. You know, you may, you may have experienced something or you're experiencing something now, and somebody else out there is going through the same situation. Well, that's called influence. You can help each other out. You can influence each other. Uh, but really, that to me, that kind of helps grow this community of instinctive influencers. What do you say, bud? Yeah, I think it's very important, and I look forward to seeing some of the comments and the questions. But be nice, be nice. I I get upset. No, I don't get upset. No, honestly, just be honest because if it's something you like or you don't like, we can't fix it if you don't tell us. Um, so yeah, definitely. You know, if you want us to maintain something, let us know. If you want us to improve on something, let us know. If it's reasonable, then you know. Uh, we can work with that. That that's how the show gets better, and the show gets better. It gets more people to listen, and more people listen, and then our community as a whole grows. That's how everybody gets involved, you know. And add that comments if you if you want. If at a minimum, 
at a minimum, whatever format you're listening to us on, whatever app, whether it be Stitcher, whether it be Google Play, whether it be iTunes, whatever format you're listening to us on, review it. Give us to whatever, how many stars, however they can rate us. Let us know because if we're going in the wrong direction, you know, uh, obviously we're going in this direction because we felt it was like the right direction to go. But we would like to hear from feedback. And that's where you come into play. You are the ones who give us the feedback to know where to continue on. Maybe we bring up something that you talked about. We want to do a Q&A show here soon. Um at some point and that way we can take your questions or your comments and we can kind of broaden up on that you know send us your information you can email either one of us uh you'll find that also on the facebook page and you can just send us the email and we'll be able to basically answer what you had to say via the podcast and we're going to bring up who it is too Um, unless you want to be anonymous then you just let us know but other than that ed you got anything else for the listeners no i think that's it uh i'm really tired so it's uh it's almost nine. <laughs> I'm on the other side, so it's almost nine because eight thirty at night, my side, and it's like what one thirty in the afternoon for you. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely past your bedtime. Yeah, four fifteen. Four fifteen comes super early. Got to get in the gym tomorrow, and I'm actually trying a new workout. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, good luck on that. And I'll tell you, I'm Brian, and I am Ed, and this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. We thank you very much for listening. Have a good day.